Joining us today is Josh Francis, former Marine, former writer for Vet TV, stand-up comedian, and the co-host of the Triple F Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Uh, do you have the same problem where if anyone finds out that you have any sort of um, association with comedy, then they're immediately just like, tell a joke, funny man, and like put you right on the dude. spot? Yeah, dude. That's the worst because it's not... It's not it's like it's not how that works you know what i'm saying because like they'll be like make me laugh and it's like that's not this isn't that's not how this works dude like i'm not just gonna fucking yeah the uh the being uh, made to feel like a, a court gesture really makes the the floridian gangster come out in me you know <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i want to i want to be the gesture when i want to be it yeah when know? i want to be oh, now yeah. When you want. yeah i don't answer to you yeah, people pay me for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got $50 last night, all right? Suck my dick. <laughs> all right. Uh, but speaking of, uh, of Florida, that, that that's where you are now, right? Yeah, I just moved here. I'm I'm down in Fort Lauderdale area. Uh came from San Diego, so now I'm now I'm adjusting to I don't know, get almost the threat of being stabbed everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, there is quicksand. There uh, are rip uh, rip tides. There are alligators. Did they give you? A, they give you a pamphlet of the the welcome to Florida. Here's how not to die. No, they just gave me a shot of penicillin. They're like, you're probably going to need this. Well, I mean, to be fair, coming out of the Marine Corps, I, I kind of feel like all Marines need a shot of penicillin. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it's their uh, dalliances down in uh, Tijuana or you know, it's the mold that they spent four years breathing in the barracks. Yeah, that's good for you. <laughs> so. Uh, I hope you don't take offense to me saying this, but my friend, you're quite possibly the most ginger person I've ever met. And you said that you were from Iowa. H are you okay in Florida? Like, yeah, are, are you surviving? Well, it's my girl wants to go to the beach all the time. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't know if people know this about redheads, but I can't do the outside for longer than 30 minutes. And <laughs> if every time that we go, dude, it's like, I turn into a lobster and I come back and then she's like, you never want to go to the beach. I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to die when I'm 40 from skin cancer. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so when you were transitioning out of the, out of the Marine Corps, you, you told me in our, in our pre-interview, and I like to drop that because it makes me feel fancy. Like, you know, we put effort into this show. Yeah. You know, we have our little virtual green room. There are virtual refreshments, you know. Yeah. There's just there's a notional uh, couch, uh, which one of my favorite words in, in the Marine Corps. The notional like, casting couch. <laughs> Yeah, anything that they were either too cheap or too lazy to set up, it's notional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just imagine there's a notional crowd of rioters in front of you and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I got to get out there and do stand-up comedy. Do you feel like you could dispense an angry crowd with stand-up if the moment really called for it? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> the <laughs> last thing they like, want to hear. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to get hit in the head with a can of soup. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, yeah, this was going to be a peaceful protest, but man, those jokes were offensive. Now we yeah. want to burn stuff down. Yeah, he was talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> you, uh, you had mentioned earlier, you had kind of started to develop uh, your ability to do stand-up while you were in the Marine Corps. You said that your company commander would essentially just pull you out in front of the entire formation and uh, make you tell jokes in front of the, uh, the unit. Yeah, it was like a thing because he knew that Cause I was in the office with him for like a couple, like two months right before I got out, they were just processing me on. So I just kind of hung out in the office and me and him would talk comedy a lot. And he, uh, mm. he started doing this thing where on the, like he would, I told him that I wanted to do it. And so he kind of forced me to do it. You know, it kind of was that push of being like, you don't, you don't, you're not going to talk about it. You're going to be about it. So I would have to oh, write yeah. like little one-liners. So it was sick. Well, that's awesome. You know, you, you often hear um, instances where chain of command is a hindrance to, to someone's dream. So it's nice to hear that, uh, that you know, that, that he was a, an enabler for that. Yeah, it was. Well, it's weird because I think with any type of creative pursuit, I feel like there's an initial pushback from like manly men in the military that are like, like no, dude, like you can pursue something if you have a passion for, it. you know, like I, I was like, I was afraid. I don't know why, but I was afraid that people would make fun of me if I tried to do stand up like my friends. And it's like, that's not like, that's not what you should care about. And also yeah. it's not like, it's not lame to do something creative, but I thought in my head it was. No, I get that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that you, uh, were, um, in the back in the rear, why, why your, uh, unit was out doing the, the training. And so, uh, was it that extra fear that you're going to be like the guy that, you know, isn't in dirty camis? 
getting out there, having to tell jokes in front of everyone? <laughs> no, because I did. Uh, Cause I mean, the only reason I was in the office was because I had already done, you know, I was, I was three years and eight months in like in, like I had done two UDPs. Like I, I mean, I was, I was already like, one of salt the senior guys. yeah i was a salt i was a salt dog i don't know if you've ever been to okinawa japan um but i, I, I was already kind of one of the senior guys that was like oh, i was working with the platoon i trained up the new guys and then they kind of just had to i it was kind of that the the turning over of the keys you know i had to hope that the guys that i had done i had trained up for the last udp kind of took control and i kind of i kind of monitored it for like a month they had me out there on the platoon still and then they pulled me from the line and were just like hey man just focus on getting out. And I was like, that's, that's actually kind of a hookup too. When you're, when you don't think about it in the time and the time being, I was a little upset. Cause I was like, I want to go, I want to go. Like, well, I didn't want to go to the last ITX, but also I didn't not want to go, you know, I didn't yeah. want to be the guy that skipped it. I didn't want to be like the, Oh, he's in the rear type thing, but also who cares? <laughs> yeah. Plus um, one thing that I've noticed, particularly in, in the, the recent year, last year or two, is that ammo is expensive as a, as a civilian? Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I don't really go recreationally and shoot weapons. I don't really do that. I'm not the. I'm not against it. I just don't. I just don't. I was in California, dude. I didn't want to. <laughs> I don't know what the laws are out there. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, depending on where you live, you may not have access to um to to a facility. And I know in Florida, yeah, I think you're required. Uh, to to shoot at least three gators per day yeah yeah you have to shoot out like yeah i think at the fourth of july it's mandatory you empty a magazine into the air when the fireworks are going off yeah just try not to aim towards disney you know that's yeah. all they ask yeah that's the only yeah the arch can't fall down it can't rain and land on disney yeah you know like that that's too much of a money maker for the state you know like yeah yeah can't be yeah, having yeah. that you know the the rest of you heathens. You know enjoy your uh, Vice City GTA lifestyle, but you know keep Orange County pure. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there anything that was surprising uh, about your new career field once you started that would maybe define your expectations? Um, I think it's a. I don't know. I can talk. I can talk shop about comedy for hours. I think the weirdest thing that you go into it. It's the most humbling thing that I think I've ever done. And like, it's cause you go in and you're like the first time that you're trying stand up, it's going to be bad. The first like year, it's going to be bad. First two years, it's going to be bad. And so it's funny to think like I'm the shit. And then you walk in and then you're like, you guys know when your mom's a bitch and everybody's like, shut up. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also like I've learned to not bring up this is a, another I've learned to not I try to not bring up the military when I'm on stage yeah. because I've had too many instances of dudes coming up to me and being like you were in the military and they try to like it's not like they're it's not like they're being supportive they're checking me and trying to be like and like they're trying to big dick and like big dick yeah. me like and it's like dude I'm telling I'm just trying to make you laugh why are you trying to fight me after the show <laughs> you know yeah, the idea that your service might somehow um, invalidate theirs is very threatening to insecure men, you know? Yeah, when it's like, it's like, dude, just get a personality, bro. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I have. Obviously, I, I make my living by uh, still associating with the military. I, I'd like to think that I'm kind of like one of those football players that had like, you know, a decent career and then gets out and does like commentating. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, you know, like somebody has to, you know, tell the, uh, the community what's going on with our benefits and legislation and stuff. And I feel somewhat qualified, you know, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind that too much, but then at the same time, like, uh, you know, you, you have to kind of draw the line, like, you know, what are your interests outside of that? And, mm -hmm. you know, it is healthy and, and, uh, reasonable for people once they transition to understand like, okay. Like, yes, this is my favorite pair of jeans and I may wear this like once or twice a week, but you can't wear the same pair of jeans every day. Right. You know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like, can you go to, you know, five different parties and five different cities and have things to talk about with people? Are you giving yourself the opportunity to explore life? Yeah. You see that a lot too with, you see that a lot too with, I went to, when I went to college, uh, I was friends with a couple of vets and. I, there's also there's always going to be that guy who everything has to be back brings back to his military service like you any time in discussion in class happens he has to be like oh that reminds me of this one time and it's like dude just like 
I get it if it's relevant, but sometimes there's the, like when it's just, that's all you talk about all the time. It kind of, yeah. it starts to be like, all right, man, you know? Yeah. Shoehorning it in unnecessarily is um, kind of the, the poor man's uh, equivalent of just being mysterious. You know, I, I find right. that uh, when, whenever I'm around, uh, you know, some of my uh, fiance's friends who are civilians and they kind of ask about that stuff, I just kind of leave it, you know, like mysterious, like, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your your interest, but I just really don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh like, my god, what did he do? Legally, I can't. If I tell you, I have to kill you legally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that dude, that that straight up has like blue cord hanging from your rearview mirror, my rank sticker on my car, yeah. energy. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're I'm just like, you know what? I I I didn't do anything different than anyone left or right of me did. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. And they're like, oh yeah, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, if you feel that bad, like, you know, you can get me a taco. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I will accept that. Uh, yeah. Or when people are like, hey, thank you for your service. I'm like, thank you for paying taxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just thank <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings for that free meal every year. <laughs> the reason I joined. Yeah, yeah, yeah no joke. Uh, so uh, when you were first started uh, your, your stand-up comedy, was there anything that you kind of learned about yourself uh, either for the good or for the bad that you feel like you didn't maybe realize when you first started. I, I'm not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, no, it's an ego check, man. It's, it's such an ego check. Every, you never know. Like the one thing I love, like one thing that I truly love about comedy is that you like, as much as you figure it out, there's still going to be nights where you're, you don't like, I could, I could go up tonight and just crush. And then I could go to the same, I could use that same set and go to a different room tomorrow and bomb. And it has, and it's, and it's this whole, I like the process. I love the process. I've learned that I like the challenge of kind of like, kind of, it's like a puzzle, you know? And so I've kind of learned that I, I, I like to always be challenged. I don't know if this uh, is translating well, but it's basically like, it's, it's, it's more than just uh, telling jokes, I think is what I'm trying to get at. It's kind of more of like about life. Like you have to be able to walk into a room and relate to people and kind of have conversations with people before you go up to kind of figure out how the room's going to be. And you have to feel the vibe of everything. And you have to kind of just be, you have to be, I don't know. I think you have to, I think the thing that I, I learned about comedy is that I need to never have an ego because every time you, I yeah. start to have an ego, I, it gets checked right away. Yeah. So um, I have a very small modicum of experiences. This would be like the equivalent of somebody who went tandem skydiving one time trying to talk shop with like a skydive instructor, you know, right, 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 right. Uh, but in my, in my very small experience and you know, the, the, the amount of times that I've been to, to, to stand up shows and all the specials that I've watched and, you know, the 57 seasons of whose line is it anyways, both British and American that I've binged. Yeah. Um, I, I've known that uh, crowd interaction is huge. Yeah. I was watching the, uh, a recent special on Netflix. Um, uh, something I think it was friends who, who kill. And I would probably say that a lot of the jokes didn't really land well, but there were some really good jokes that were in that special and the crowd was just giving them nothing, you know? Yeah. No that, participation, yeah. no feedback, and it's hard to work with that. Well, one of the things that I learned this this is one of the things that I got taught by one of the guys that I, like one of the guys that kind of took me under his wing right away, who was like a headliner who took me on the road with him, uh, Logan Nielsen. He has his podcast stuff's been featured on like the late night shows and stuff. It's really cool. He's really smart, really funny guy. And he told me um, one of the first things that you need to do when you get into a room when you go up, it doesn't even need to be funny, but you have to address something in the room. Because it makes you be like, it's no longer like you're coming in as like somebody that's above all the people being like, oh, here's now you have to listen to me. It's like if you come in and you acknowledge something in the room, like, oh, why is this? What's up with the bars? I don't know. Swordfish that's hanging behind the wall. Like just something like that. That's not necessarily a home run. That's funny. It just lets everybody know like, hey, you're there with them. Like it's yeah. not like, yeah, you're not above them in any means. And I think that translates to, I mean, life too. You know, you don't want to, it's, it's that whole like never being above anybody in the room when you're talking you know yeah and uh there 
I, I'm sorry. This is just too good of an opportunity. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to translate it back to service, you know? So comedy yeah, is a lot like being a good leader. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you, hey, there's some, there is some overlay. Yeah, no, um, I, I do like playing devil's advocate and finding the overlap and the Venn diagrams between, you know, the, the most unrelated things. Kind of like when you play like the, uh, the five degrees of separation type game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so I think that the 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 idea, and you know, whether it's you know, a, a short form of comedy, a long form of comedy, uh, improv, stand up, whatever the case is, um, you know, you, you're saying something because it's true, or because you are subverting an expectation. And so I find that when I am the most successful in comedy is when I do subvert an expectation, but there is that side of truth to it. And honestly, it is kind of like being a leader because. If I'm saying something, it's not because like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, big dick, big rank. And so you have to listen to me. It's like, no, I'm saying it because it needs to be said. Yeah. So I think that I think that a thing that people don't realize is that like every time a comic is trying to make a joke, it's always for the right reason. It's never it, not always, but for the most part, it's coming from a good place. Do you know what I'm saying? It's they're always trying to make other people view something from a different perspective for some from a thought process that they maybe you know, the person might not have ever thought of it from. And so it's weird to me when people get offended because it's almost like they're getting challenged. They're their thought, like what they know to be right is being challenged and they take offense to it. And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to make your day better. I'm just trying to make you laugh you know, for 10 seconds, you know? I always appreciate um, when someone acknowledges that they had a vastly different life than I did but then we're able to find similarities in some of the struggles that we've had for sure. And I remember one of the first times that I like truly had kind of one of those side splitting laughs in the smoke pit and in, in the military was, um, the, one of my senior Marines, which is so crazy to think about, you know, like I'm 18, 19, they're like 19, 20, but like the wall between us. Yeah. You know, I remember, uh, he was from some very rural part, like some obscure part of America, like whatever, like you think of when you think of Saskatchewan, but in America, like mm -hmm. that's where he was from, you yeah. know, just like a place that only exists in like theory in my mind, you know, right, right. Like it's not a real place. Like they don't, yeah, yeah. They, they don't have county taxes and, you know, reservoir issues and stuff like that. You know, there's not a PTA there that has a heated debate, you know, like it's, it, that place doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I remember he was telling me something about the fact that like, um, that, uh, you know, men have certain responsibilities in the house and that as a man, one of your primary responsibilities is if you see any speckles in the toilet, that it's your responsibility to pee on them until they go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I bounced around a lot, uh, but part of my childhood, like it was me, my grandma, my mom and three sisters. Right. And so as the only man in the house, that was my responsibility. Yeah, dude, you're. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just like, I remember like just him saying that and it just struck such a chord because I was just like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the stupidest thing ever, you know, 100%. And just kind of like being able to find those like human connections, uh, I, I feel like is what really is the, the most beautiful part of, of comedy is because you know we're not talking about like oh yeah isn't that funny we just have too much money <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right right, right like no you're you know you're trying to to find some sort of commiseration in, in bad circumstances a hundred percent and uh so is there uh is there any comic that you just really look up to or really idolize or do you really feel like has influenced your sense of humor dude there's this guy um i don't know i feel like people are starting to figure out well there's two i think there's uh this guy joe list in new york city who's like i think he's becoming i mean he's pretty well known at this point but like i still don't think he gets the credit he deserves because he's put out specials on with comedy central and his latest is on youtube but like they don't they they haven't given him like a netflix uh, special for some reason this dude He's so smart and quick-witted that I try to I try to like brand myself kind of similar to him with like a punchline. He does like a punchline every like six seconds. That's kind of his thing where it's like even if he's telling a story, he'll somehow make something funny in six seconds. And I think that's like it's just insane to watch that's somebody a be blazing so cadence. Right. It's it's yes. It's crazy to sit and just watch somebody destroy that hard for for an hour. You're like this is when you're watching it. It's kind of like you sit back and you're just like. I hope at some point in my life I can do what he's doing. You know, like he's so yeah. good at it that it's like 
him and then um Shane Gillis is also one of the funniest people I don't know if you've seen him at all but he was the guy that he got fired from uh SNL that's kind of what people know him for uh, <laughs> he got fired the day after they hired him have you heard about this no no please tell no, me. yeah so essentially on a podcast he got hired on SNL and on a podcast he apparently just said I don't even remember what he said. He said something that got him fired the next day. So like he didn't even go to cast and then it, it store up this, it turned up this huge thing on Twitter. Everyone was trying to like cancel him. And it's very funny because he's so funny that like everybody was trying to cancel him. And he's so funny that he came out and is now one of the most successful comedians because he was just like, you can't like, it doesn't matter that I said one thing that was offensive that I regret it. It was, and, and it was in the form of a joke too. It wasn't him trying to just be mean. And then everybody tried to get rid of him, but he's so good that you, that everybody was like, no, this just exposed us to one of the greatest comedians. You know, <laughs> it was like a ba- it backfired. It's like, it was, it's so cool. Cause it backfired. They were like, we're never get, you're never going to work again. And it's like, oh, actually you're going to sell out theaters in London. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so my executive producer uh, is passing this over uh, afterwards. He said, I'm happy to apologize to anyone who's actually offended by anything I've said. My intention is never to hurt anyone, but I am trying to be the best comedian I can be. And sometimes that requires risk. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah. yeah so like you were saying, you know, I don't think comedians intentions, I mean, unless they're a bad comedian and they're just trying, trying to be inflammatory, uh, right. but most comedians, I don't, I don't think that they're ever trying to, uh, to, to hurt anyone's feelings, particularly they're just, uh, just trying to, to hit a topic from a fresh angle. That's yeah. That's the, yes, it's, it's nobody nobody's trying to make everybody mad. If you're, if you're truly doing it for the sake of comedy, you're never trying to upset people. You're always just trying to, I don't know, make them laugh for five seconds. That's why I always, yeah. Like I, it's like hecklers don't it, hecklers are another thing too. Cause it's like, what are you doing when you come to a show and you're like, maybe I can make this better by interrupting it. It's like, no dude, you're going to get roasted. Yeah, man. Um, I, that reminds me of a scene from one of my favorite movies of all times by one of my favorite comics. Um, yeah, a bit of a polarizing figure for as many good things as he did. There are, uh, things that uh, you can criticize him for, but Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. World War II veteran. Um, I mean, it got to the point where, uh, one of the guys that he was writing jokes for, uh, hung him out of a window because he was being such a smart ass. <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's, that's how yeah. you know that you get under people's skins when one of one of your friends, one of your clients, like hangs you out of a window, and it was like, you got anything else to say, smartass? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, yeah, uh, he he just released uh, a recent book. Um, even um, the I think it was uh, Born the Battle podcast by the VA. They have an interview that Mel Brooks did with the real life guy that Good Morning Vietnam is based on. Oh, really? That guy interviewed Mel Brooks for some product that never got released, and so they just shelved the interview. Mm-hmm. And so that's on Born the Battle, but uh, it's called History of the World Part One. One of the, one of the greatest cinematic, like uh, cinematic uh, comedy experiences, in my opinion. As long as you don't take yourself too seriously, yeah. Like if you're going in there expecting The Godfather, you're going to be disappointed. But it is brilliant in its own ways. And so they're going through the history of man, and they're like, okay, you know, here's the first artist, and it's a caveman scrawling things on the wall on the wall. And like, you know, the, the rest of the tribe is assembled and he's like pointing to it, you know, and it's like as stereotypical as you think it would be. It, yeah. it is that bad. And yeah. he's like pointing at it and he's like, ah, you know, he's excited. And he's like, and along with the first Arctic came the first critic and a guy like lifts up his tunic and like pees all over it. That's very, yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> and it, it is, it is hard to put yourself out there. It is hard to take, you know, your life perspective and try to make it funny and try to, you know, it's like making someone cupcakes and they just smack it out of your hand. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is easier to tear down than it is to create. Dude, we've been having so the podcast that I'm on, it's like me and two of my uh, two of the funniest people I know, Matt Ross and, and Jeff Doles, also comics down here. We've been making uh, YouTube like so we've been doing the podcast thing and we've been making little YouTube shorts, you know, like the short form videos that are under 50, uh, 60 seconds. And what happens is the algorithm will just push those things out. So we're getting thousands of views on by people that we know, like have never experienced us just because it pushes it on the people's homepages. And some of the, it's insane. Some of the comments, cause it'll be like, it'll be a funny clip. They'll be like, we have a clip that's gotten, gotten a, a lot of views and everybody's like, ah, oh, this is so funny. This is so funny. And then somebody literally commented that ginger looks like a fucking. F-. And it's like, what the hell did I do, dude? Like I'm just chilling in the video. Like I didn't even say anything. 
Yeah, it's like that uh, that one video where this uh, guy who I think he he might have been like European or something, but he pulls up next to this car full of like four, like they look like, you know, uh, frat bros. And he's like, do you not see where you're going? And the guy in the back seat, he's, he's a little heavy. And he's like, dude, I wasn't even driving. Uh, driving and he's just like uh, like watch where you're going you fucking fat piece of bacon and like yeah yeah he's like, I why did i get picked on yeah it's like what what am i doing dude i'm just hanging out <laughs> and i think the worst thing is is whenever like uh i am making fun of something that applies to me and people get offended you know yeah, yes and it's just like well wait a second like if i'm not mad about that and that directly applies to me then why are you mad dude it's it's always yes it's it's those as stereotypical as it is, it's those, it's the white women who want to stick up for everybody who get offended. It cut, and it's like, you can, you understand that like everybody else is okay with this. The person it's directed at is okay with this, but you're the one fine. It's just, they're so uninteresting that they want to make something about them. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, being offended is not a substitution for personality. And you know what else is not a substitution for a uh, personality? What's that? just being a hater you know yeah oh for sure you know if, if your entire stick is that you're just a hater it's just like oh, come on man what are you doing yeah it's, oh this is just what i do it's like oh so you're just a piece of shit <laughs> yeah or people like i don't care what you say i'm not changing uh you know i'm i'm me i'm being real and it's just like all right no that that that's not accurate because if i'm in the desert i wear desert camouflage if i'm in the jungle i wear greens if i'm at night i'll put on night vision you know, so it doesn't change my skill set. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change all the, you know, the, the core things about me. It's just you have to adapt to your situation. And I love how perfectly I teed this up. And usually I'm not so self-serving, but sometimes you just got to read the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I found that uh, I try to do what makes me laugh. And I'm just very fortunate that other people laugh uh, occasionally as well. That's yes, yes. And that's why i mean because comedy is the one of those things where it is if you're if you say something and it truly isn't funny and its intention is to be funny there's nothing worse like there's nothing worse if you're trying to be satirical and people don't understand that or it doesn't translate to beef as funny as you thought it would be so then it just sounds really mean you know <laughs> yeah are there any uh are there any tips or any um any go-to SOPs that you have if a joke bombs, for example? Because like I, I know like there are some comedians where if they say something and it doesn't hit, they'll be like, oh, you see, the men got real quiet. They know what I'm talking about. And it kind of gives them the opportunity to rebound. Oh, yeah. So like the saves, I don't like doing, I try to not do saves. So that's like kind of like, you know, like uh, what I do, I say those sarcastically, right? So if I say something that's kind, I know is not relatable, I'll be like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like sarcastic. I kind of lean into it sarcastically, yeah. you know, but I think that what I like to do if a joke's bombing, like, so if a joke bombs, well, I guess it depends if it's a joke that I know works and it, and it bombs, sometimes you just have to keep powering through it. But if it's like, yeah. a new, if it's a new joke and you're trying it out and it bombs, I'll be like, I'll like drive home that night after this, after the show or after the mic and I'll be like, I'm fucking quitting comedy. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I fucking am never going to write another funny joke again in my life. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, um, it, it is disappointing when, when you put something out there that uh, you worked really hard on. And then it, I don't know if uh, for you, cause I'm, you know, you're, you're in a different uh, sector of fire when it comes to comedy, but sometimes it seems like the shit that you really did not put that much effort into it uh, is the stuff that pops off. Yeah, dude. It's the weirdest thing when like, you know, cause the basic form of a joke is set up punchline, you know? And it's so weird when like the setup gets a bigger pop than the, the punchline. You're like, that wasn't even supposed to be the thing that's funny. And then you have to yeah. keep it because you're like, oh, well this works, but I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've made a few thousand memes, uh, in the, the last six years or so. And it's kind of like just one liners essentially, you know, one yeah. or two liners, three liners, and, you know, if, if you had to ask me, you know, what are my favorite ones? Um, one of the ones that comes to mind the first is like, it was like this picture of this incredulous looking Marine. And he's got a very, uh, a very uh, concerned look on his face. And, he, you know, he's got, he's got his helmet on, he's got his eye pro, he's in the woods. And it's like few civilians will ever know what it's like to try to take a shit in the woods while your friends throw pine cones at you and call you gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you made that? I've seen that yeah. a bunch. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> and 
and, and, and it is just like you know we you may not be able to relate to that experience directly but everybody has had some sort of humiliating confusing semi-erotic yeah. moment in their life yeah <laughs> they can Dude. relate to oh my god one time i was leaving a show this is when i was still in iowa and i was leaving a show and it was like three in the morning and i had to uh, i had to drive like an hour and a half back to my place and i was driving i had to use the bathroom so i pulled over into the woods and i went to take a shit and i go i run into the random woods run in like five feet and i go to take a shit and i look down or i squat down and i look up and there's a red light like on a tree <laughs> and i'm like squinting at it and i'm like what is that and i and as i'm like staring at it i make out it's a trail cam for like deer <laughs> and, and so like, what the shit, dude in front of this trail cam and this guy like i mean because from his perspective the guy who's k trail it looked like i knew what i was doing because i just ran in there and i looked right at it and shit everywhere and then like i was like what in the and i think about it every day wow because <laughs> he never dude nothing never came from it like he how, never, how could you even find him to apologize i well it's like i just assumed i was going to be on like the front page of reddit you know like <laughs> for like months dude like every time my phone vibrates i'm always like it's gonna be it's gonna be that i'm gonna be on the, um, it's gonna be that and it never yeah nothing came from it he might have but like nothing uh, <laughs> oh, okay hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he never posted and i think about that all the time man yeah it's just like he's just like oh i got some activation you know and it's a long clip like he's thinking like hopefully maybe it's like a 12 pointer or something yeah like that. yeah yeah he's no, like, it's just his little ginger dude runs out poops looks dead at the camera and then just fucking disappears into the night and it's also you like didn't wipe no well i had a mcdonald's uh... bag. i had a mcdonald's bag with me i did <laughs> i did wipe dude <laughs> And then I remember oh, there's some man. fries in the bag, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, <laughs> talk about that Mulan sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's a secret sauce. <laughs> oh, please tell me you're gonna incorporate that into your stand-up. I that could is, at some point. I thought a, about. That is a beautiful story. The only thing I don't like about it is it's a legit poop story. <laughs> you know, like that's why I don't like because it it's a poop joke, but it's it's a good story. Yeah, I think that uh, when you're dealing with an audience that takes themselves too seriously, it, it's hard to to have those moments. Because, like I said earlier, like one of my first real side splitting laughs in the Marine Corps was about poop. Yeah, so, well, poop yeah. is so universal, dude. It's yeah, like it, it really is. It's one of those things that everybody everybody know. Like everybody poops. Everybody's gonna. There's certain universal things that happen. Like everybody poops. Everybody sleeps. Everybody has their mouth burned by hot pockets. Like it's, it's only, there's like things that are going to happen to you. In A life. song of fire and ice. Yeah. 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 Everybody's going to fucking experience certain things the same. So it's funny to, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that also being able to uh, express that you don't take yourself that seriously uh, is a good way to break that ice um uh, samantha and i were on a, on a road trip and she's just like hey like i you know i have to use the restroom can you pull over and i was just like oh well hey like you know there's this uh you know she she just joined the army and i was like hey you know there's this uh trick that i learned when i was in iraq uh, and i kind of reach in the back seat without looking and fumble around a little bit and i pull up a gatorade bottle and i was just like this trick that i learned in iraq but i gotta warn you it usually makes a mess and i just kind of like waggled the bottle at her and just the look that she gave me like are you serious Dude, how could I don't even know how that would logistically work for a girl though? No, 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 no. You're 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 thinking about the front end. I I, I was talking about oh, the back oh. end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was about zero three. I was uh, twenty years old. I was in Iraq on post two, facing the southeast side of south of uh, old Ubaidi, and uh, we had gotten in trouble for cutting sandbags to poop. And the, so the platoon sergeant was just like, next one of you motherfuckers that uh, cuts a sandbag to take a shit in, I'm going to strangle the fuck out of you. And he was like one of those like three like red stripe like IT, like yeah, uh, yeah, McMap fucking, instructors. Yeah, the McMap instructors. And see, here's the thing. And like, you know, this was in 2005. And uh, so this was kind of like before jujitsu became like more relatively popular. So if you were like halfway decent, you were destroying people in the grappling pits. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like those those um, those tabbed MI uh, MI uh, Marine Martial MIA. Arts instructors, yeah, MAA MAITs, 
Like they may not be going into the UFC and winning championships, but they're sure destroy the fuck out of a platoon who doesn't know what they're doing. Oh yeah, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> like he even choked out our lieutenant with the lieutenant's own camelback when we were doing yeah. combat grappling. Like yeah. it was it was bad. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, staff sergeant's gonna choke me the fuck out if I cut another stab bag. And I look over and there's a Gatorade bottle and chaos ensued. <laughs> Oh, and it's an MRE shit too. <laughs> so it's like a log. <laughs> yeah, it's either log or it's splatter, you know? Yeah, one of the. Oh, God. Yeah, if you thought this show wasn't going to be about uh, oh, bowel yeah, movements, you're, you're sorely mistaken. Yeah, how, how would it not be? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, dude. I saw this thing the other day. This girl. Oh, man. I shouldn't. It's fun. Some girl I know from Iowa who is dating like a dude that's in like the uh national guard and yeah. she made a post for memorial day and it was her they had laid out like three mres and they were like today in honor of the fallen we're gonna eat mres and i'm like what are you fucking trying what the are fuck you, does that what, even mean what i swear to god i was the and she was like my husband is a he is an army whatever the fuck soldier and, and he secure she because it's like her that's their thing you know what i'm saying it's like she's trying to make something yeah. about her in a way in a weird way that everybody who was in the military would be like what the fuck are you talking about right now and it <laughs> was got, the craziest <laughs> i gotta be honest with you brother man uh, when you started that story i assumed it was going to be about poop with lots of corn in it and it was way worse than what i thought it was worse than that dude i would have preferred the corn laden poop story <laughs> yeah dude it's like in honor of the fallen we're gonna eat the fucking spaghetti with noodles. <laughs> it's like, what in the fuck? They're going to be pissed at you. Go eat a steak if you're trying to do something like that. Now, was it at least a time lapse video or did it was it just like a- it was just a photo? It was just it was just a photo of the three MREs with like a three paragraph thing wrote about like how somehow they were making Memorial Day about them. And now do we have any confirmation that they actually ate the MREs or did they just buy a stock image? I mean, she fucking- <laughs> <laughs> She got a huge, she got a huge overbite. I think she probably ate him in one bite. <laughs> well, you know, if once. you, if you need to open all the packages in your MRE at once, she's yeah, a gal. yeah, dude. Yeah. You stack them on top of each other, like a, like a car deck and just yeah, let dude, it go. She, dude, she teethed on cement bricks. That's a, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like the, the, but I will say, though, the insanity of which uh, people would feverishly trade their items in the MRE, like, it, like honestly, oh, yeah. like it felt like a bazaar. Yeah, know? dude, it's crazy. I got Skittles. Just got Skittles. Dude, if you got yeah. Skittles, you're getting your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this man over here has got cheese with jalapenos. Dude, it got like that. It got like that, like two weeks onto a ship. I can't imagine when we didn't. We had like we had we had to go into what do they call it when they like ration control or whatever on a ship. So yeah. we had to start eating MREs and it was like we weren't even in anything we were just in, on in the ocean <laughs> it wasn't like we hadn't been home like we were just at a port and we were trying to trade for all that stuff I uh I love the disillusion uh progression scale where like when you first graduate boot camp like you you know like you're so locked in uh you know you have your dog tags on every day you know you you stand at parade rest at uh when you're waiting for the the crossing wall yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're just so brainwashed you know and then, like, you just kind of see, like, the natural progression of when you start to wake up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. By the time that you get out, you basically have a normal haircut and you fuck. <laughs> and, like, you're just, like, so, like, hands in the pockets. Like, don't give a fuck. Yeah. I think that what it really comes down to is around E5 is kind of the last bastion of sanity. And then after that, you know, you're, you're going to work for someone younger than you for the rest of your career. Uh, mm-hmm. Lieutenant a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, or a captain, maybe a major or a, a light colonel, if you're lucky, yeah. uh, will we'll write your fit rep for all intent and purposes. Like someone younger than you is going to write your reviews for the rest of your career. So you kind of have to sell out and become a company man, right? Yeah. It- yeah. And so like the, um, the, that's kind of like when you see people really start to drink the Kool-Aid. Like I, I remember being like that e5 about to get out like i showed up in like civvies for like my last year that i was there because i'm like i got a va appointment today yeah and i've yeah, done yeah. five deployments like what are they going to say to me you know like right like what are you gonna do send me back to afghanistan and i told my first sergeant that like literally i was like what are they gonna do and he's just like well you know would you go i was like fuck yeah i would go it's better than this <laughs> i'll extend for that but uh 
yeah so I, I remember somebody said something to the effect of just like oh yeah you know like uh yeah, this kid's a shit bag this that and the other and i i'm all about the hot goss you know like i want i yeah, want yeah, tea yeah. i want the spicy curry you know like yeah, why is this kid a shit bag you know <laughs> can you imagine like walking into a best buy and seeing like the assistant manager lifing someone out knife hand and spittle because their name tag was slightly askew yeah no dude that's insane it's crazy yeah. And so I'm, I want to know, I'm like, oh yeah, like we're going to insult this man's lineage, you know, like yeah, we're going to invalidate yeah. everything he's ever done in his life, insult his parents. Yeah. And like, yeah, he didn't have his name marked in his underwear when I did the uniform inspection. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> and like, that was the kind of moment where like, I knew that the Marine Corps had lost its shine for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I think it's weird. The generation that I was in, I don't know if I can articulate this well, but we like I went in in 2013 like we had missed I had missed the wars you know and so it was this weird thing where it was my entire company came back from Afghanistan when I got to my unit and it was weird because it was like I was the now the generation of oh this is just maintaining training to teach the next generation so they can hopefully use it you know it was yeah, no longer pass the baton down so that way the flame will still be lit when the next war kicks off Right, exactly. So it was this weird thing where, and there's obviously pro, I'm not saying that I like, there's definitely, it's good that I didn't go right. Yeah, like I mean, you still got both your legs. <laughs> yeah. I got both my legs. I got my friends. Like, you know, like my it's dick not, can't get blown off. I guess like, it's not bad that I didn't go, but it is that whole thing where it's like, what was the point? You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. And uh, I think that a certain level of belligerence is healthy. Yeah. For, uh, for morale, like, um, you know, if, if your troops aren't complaining about something, then something's really wrong. Yeah, you know, that's, like, yeah, that's, yes. And I remember I, uh, I had, uh, I was on duty one time and uh, the OOD came to visit me at like, I think it was like seven o'clock, right? Like they had just finished up whatever, you know, officer powwow they had, you know, playing with uh, their GI Joes to in the sand table. And so it was just like, all right, like, I never understand why officers always stay so late, like. It, if, if we're not in the field, there's not really a whole lot to do. Right. And like you have your gunny and your first sergeant to plan, you know, uh, logistics and admin. You just got to sign shit. But anyways, so he swung by and like I was looking haggard. Like I assume my post at like 5 p.m. And he's just like, uh, Sergeant Sharp, are you all right? And I was like, sir, within the first hour, somebody set a roll of toilet paper on fire in the barracks. Uh, there was a theft of a laptop. And we got a Red Cross message because uh, somebody's family member had uh, passed away and I couldn't find them because they were trying to kill themselves. And now I had to send them to uh, Portsmouth for the mental um, in processing. And he was just like, Jesus, that was the first hour. And I was like, that was the first hour. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. Dude, and he's just awesome. like, well, I'm glad that you were here to handle that. And I was just like, yep. And I'm glad you get paid more than I do, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you don't have to worry about this. I think I'm here for you. Yeah, yeah. I think you know what I think is hilarious is when somebody goes on to suicide watch at like I guess I've, my only experience with it was at boot camp. But when somebody was like, "I'm gonna kill myself" or whatever, then you just have to shine a flashlight on them when they're trying to sleep. That's what we had to do when a kid tried to like threaten. We just and we had to take turns and everybody just shined a flashlight in this kid's face while he tried to sleep. We had to post the new post red light or white lines it was white it was oh white. no yeah it was white and then it was we just sat there and ho hovered it we took we had to add an extra shift to fire watch for everybody because we wow. had to say yeah we had to suicide watch in. yeah suicide watch thing and then the kid obviously got sent off and we never saw him again it was weird too he tried to drink bleach and it's like dude there's better ways <laughs> like, like you know the third deck is always an option not that i'm yeah. condoning it yeah yeah if you could i mean yeah at least at least enjoy the fall yeah, like if you can't even take yourself out, how am I can I expect you to take out the enemy? You know? Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> and imagine somebody who takes himself far too seriously. Imagine them picking their job off the floor right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the thing is, is like we'll make like whether you're you're military or not, talking to veterans or not, but like certain people that have that mindset, they'll just make the most messed up joke and like ah, ha, 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 and then it's gone. It's yeah. floating to the ether, never to be thought again. Yeah, yeah. You can't think about it, man. If I thought about all the thing, crazy shit I've said, I'd probably, I don't yeah, know. Man. <laughs> you know, um, you know, my my head can occasionally be a very dark place. And if, yeah. you, if you hold on to anything too long, then it'll, it'll weigh you down. And I feel like comedy is a way to kind of like, 
you take those bad emotions, you write them on a piece of paper, you tie them to an eco-friendly balloon. Don't cancel me, PETA. And yeah. then let it go. And it just floats away. It does. It does, man. You cook it. I have, uh, I have bad OCD. And so I get like intrusive thoughts. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so like, I get these weird intrusive thoughts where like, I'll have like these crazy thoughts about like putting my hand on a stovetop and like things like this, like it's wild. And I can't, and I have this weird thing where it's like, it's an OCD thing. So it's like, I obsess over something and then a compulsion would be like, because I think I'm going to put my hand on this hot stovetop, I'll go get like a pan and put it on that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I try to prevent the thing from happening. And I realized that what has to happen for me to like, like with comedy, like it, comedy has been an outlet for me to kind it's weird because if I talk about it, it makes it go away. And so I make jokes about it in a way that it's not just, it's not just a weird, like me being in the corner, like I'm going to put my hand on it. Like I try to like, try to explain. Hey guys, look at me. Aren't I quirky? Yeah. It's not that at all, but it's like this weird (laughs) thing where it's like, it has given me comfort to be like, this is crazy that I'm thinking this right now. And like, I don't know, it's just been a weird way to, it's a weird, it's a weird, definitely what I'm trying to get at. It's a coping mechanism for me to get, to get over the thing that I have, you know? Yeah, because I, I feel like if you're able to laugh at something, it's like shining a light at it. And, you know, once you shine that light under your bed and you you see that the uh, the monster's not there, that, you know, becomes less scary. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's If you can't, if I can't joke about something, then it's probably pretty fucked, you know? Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, like if I'm not joking about something, then that's probably when like you, you really that's, do need to worry. Right. A hundred percent. If I'm not complaining, that's when something's wrong. Yeah. So how much of your uh, comedy do you feel is just therapeutic for you and how much of it is just to bring joy into the world? I probably, I think I don't even, I think most of it's just try to, well, it's weird because if it's therapeutic to me, if people laugh, so I guess I'm trying to get people to laugh. So it's not really about me necessarily for the sense that, oh, it's weird. I guess I'm, how can I say this? It's like, if, if, I'm not writing something in the sense that if I put this out there, I'll feel better about it. You know, it's like, I'm writing something, I'm writing something that tries to get people to laugh so that I feel better. It's not like, yeah, it's not like if I talk about my dog dying, I'm not going to feel bad about my dog dying. It's like, if I can get people to laugh at something unrelated to my dog dying, I'll feel better about the whole thing. You know, it's like one of those, cause it is such a weird I mean, it is, it's, it's, it is a drug, dude. You go on stage, you get an adrenaline pump, people laugh at you. You get like the, you know, you get the dump, the dopamine rush. It's like a weird version of a drug. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's the thing that if I don't, I have to do something comedy related, like one, like every day. Like if I'm not making, if I'm not doing stand up, which I do do probably, I just said do do, uh, but if uh, <laughs> back to shit, we're back to shit. This is full circle. Full and, circle. And I, if just I'm like not we doing, do here in the smoke pit. Yeah. 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 And if I'm not, but if I'm not doing something comedy related, like at least once a day, it's like kind of like I have to either, I'm always either making content or doing comedy, like do performing. I probably, I perform, I try to get on stage at least like six times a week is yeah. kind of my rule. And so, you know, that also includes like double dipping on certain nights, doing three mics in one night, whatever, whatever. But if I'm not doing something like that, I'll start to lose my mind. Like I literally do. It's like the only thing, it's the one thing that sucks about comedy, at least doing the stand up route right now. Uh, it's the only thing I care about. Truly, the only thing that I really give a lot of fucks about. At, that's not like, oh fuck. <laughs> well, that was a very unceremonious way to end. So, where can our listeners uh, find you on social media and see more of your comedy? Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Josh Francis Comedy. Uh, I have a, a podcast uh, where it's just me and two of my funniest friends. We just shoot the shit. It's basically like hanging out with your boys. It's, that's kind of how I pitch it. Um, it's a Triple F Podcast. Uh, that's on every single major streaming platform. Um, we have YouTube. We have Spotify, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, whatever, whatever, whatever you use, you can uh, you can find it there. And um, other than that, I think that's. I mean, those are the two biggest. And and yeah, I mean, that's the two biggest things I have to promote, I guess. <laughs> well, fantastic! If uh, if you could follow one comedian on the road and be their opening act, uh, who would you say? Dude, Louis C.K. is a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Is that just because of complexion or? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I just think that he's kind See, of one of the guys. You made it. We can all make it. Yeah, yeah, man. He's our fucking beacon of light. He's the redhead's beacon. <laughs> like literally, uh, you seen him take a shirt off? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I. Yeah, he definitely had like he was one of the first people when I was young that I started watching him and like Dave Chappelle. I was watching when I was in like first grade. It's like yeah. crazy to think that I used to watch that when I had no idea what it was, you know, <laughs> I to say first grade. <laughs> I remember my, this is my dad changed. So my dad was also, uh, this might help. My dad is in the Marine. So he doesn't, yeah, he, he was back in like the, in the seventies and he, uh, he used to, he changed my, he changed my sleep schedule on, on Wednesday nights where I could, uh, my bedtime went from like nine o'clock normally to 10 o'clock. So I could watch the newest episode of South park and the newest episode of Chappelle show. And so I think that he kind of, he kind of became the reason that I have the sense of humor that I do now because he kind of, <laughs> you know, he built me up for it. Well, uh, I'm sure Louis CK is a, is a big fan of the smoke pit. So Louis, if you're listening, uh, yeah. please book Josh. Uh, for yeah. Your, Louis, for hit me up, man. <laughs> Hit me up, man. I'll come and I'll come and bomb for you anytime you want. Yeah, I feel like if you're a big name comic, you would almost kind of want your opening act to kind of suck, so that way you just seem that much funnier in comparison. It's, so it's a two way street, right? Because you don't want to be, you don't want to get. Well, it's not. It's not like you don't want the guy to be better than you at the beginning, but also you don't want the crowd to not be hot when you go out. So yeah. it's like this weird thing where it's like you have to pick somebody that's. I mean, it, the, the, the truth is, is it doesn't matter how good I am. I'll never be. Louis is like, I think the funniest person. He's like definitely my favorite comic ever. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think that I could, I could get to the level that I'm at, like the peak level that I can get to. And there's no way I would even touch him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that if it was me and granted, this is uh, just me speculating from my, uh, from my, my theory of, uh, or my place of, of uh, a fantasy, which is, you know, uh, you know, dream big in the smoke pit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was me, I'd have the, I have a very uh, a moderately funny comic go out there, and then when I get out there, I'd be like, "Hey guys, I'm kind of sorry that he sucked. Free beer for everyone." And like, <laughs> yeah, and they go nuts, right? And then I do my set, and at the very end, be like, "I lied," and run off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No free beer. Fuck you. And then you kick somebody in the head as you run yeah. off. <laughs> like ah i got your laughs you can't take it back yeah you can't yeah yeah at the, pro at the end of this i promise i'll give you guys all a hand job and then you fucking yeah. and then you free beers tomorrow and then yeah, run away yeah 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 and then you pull a gun out and start shooting in the air dude that's how you gotta <laughs> get that's how i end my sets now i just pull a gun out and i shoot in the air and i said yeah, yeah. Le legally required in florida you know oh yeah yeah i'm like yeah and then we start i start a riot sometimes we go to the capital you know it's just yeah, sometimes <laughs> and then they shoot tear gas and it lands in your butt and it feels so good yeah it's like a it's like a good burn you know yeah 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 that combined uh, with the chlamydia man oh yeah and then you know it's like soothing for the hemorrhoids yeah yeah <laughs> all right we got to get out of here before we yeah. really do get canceled yeah before i come <laughs> fair winds following seas we'll see you next time here in the smoke pit 